0: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because if you don't know your history, you don't know your future. And your future has to be what happened the early days under Martin, Jimmy Murphy, without doubt, and, and, and telling them that what Jimmy did about planting seeds of the, the history—that is the most important thing you can do with young players coming to my United. Tell them what the their expectation is. To realise the expectation is you know what. For point for Man United, there's no point for Bolton Wonders or Bury or, or Rochdale. It's point for the biggest club in the world.
1: So Paddy, I think today's show is going to be more about looking at transitions within transitions really It's going to end with a crowning glory for Manchester United But um, very much the idea of um, it being a transitional period for Manchester United um, Within obviously the transition of Ferguson also for for world football as well um, And English football in particular um, Let's start the episode Talk about the 1990 World Cup um, From a United perspective you've got Neil Webb having returned to fitness Mm. And take that glorious assist in the cup final replay He gets mm. included in the squad for Italia 90 But Italia 90 is where it's all out Gazza's tears, the fresh page of a new decade It's almost like a um, reset for English football After the oliginism yeah. of the 70s and 80s isn't it?
0: Uh, oh, absolutely so I think you can trace the fantastic wealth of the Premier League today And the popularity of football um, bear in mind that old geezers like me can remember when, you know, I was a football reporter, and sometimes if I was at a party and people said, "You know, what do you what do you do?" I'd say, "I'm a journalist," and, and, and I'd skate over the fact that I was connected <laughs> with football because it was it was um, uh, it was itself linked to hooliganism. But um, yes, the the and yet you have now that you, you know you could. You, if you're at a party and you met a judge or a cabinet minister, you, you you'd you'd be able to say, "I support so and so." Who do you support? You know, yeah. it, it's become it has totally been transformed as an activity, and um, and I think Gaza's tears would certainly be one of the milestones because they uh, and this is, might sound sexist, but they they brought it. They they were less. Of, they made football appear less. And, and And also the operatic background nas and, and so yeah. on, all made football much more of a a family thing um and, and um than than and, and across classes and 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 genders and so on um, I think it was a, a definite milestone, so uh, you're quite right to 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 make the point that that was not only the start of a new decade but the start of a
1: a new era for football yeah. Very welcome indeed, as well. Um, yes. And you know the the reset that was going was um, like we said internal within the the focus transition which had already um, begun. And I, I bring it up because it's so in- interesting to talk about the casualties as we did, like Jim Layton for example, um, in at the back end of the last episode. But you also had Ralph, Ralph Milne, um, who was a, let's call him an expensive, not an expensive flop, but a, a mistake from United, uh, from yeah. Ferguson. Viv Anderson started to be phased out. Not so much a mistake, but the point is that players that Ferguson signed, he was now being allowed to replace. Uh, a manager being allowed to make mistakes. And we had talked already about the benefit of patience, but... Um, I, I, I find it interesting we were talking in 2020 about this because you make a modern comparison and people will remember that Jose Mourinho wasn't allowed to sign a new centre-back because he'd signed Eric Bayern, and Victor Lindelof and mm-hmm. it was deemed too expensive a, a process to go through and, and even Oli Conn Solshaw Solskjaer signed Ari Maguire and again wasn't allowed to sign a new center half reportedly but Ferguson in, in the early 90s he, he's showing that you do have to do that That's part of the normal cycle of management Even before his first biggest success He was still overseeing A turnover of players that he'd brought in um, So yeah again it does show Good faith of of The board to back him to do that But also it does show that um, It shows how clever the rebuild was In a way because, mm-hmm. or, or how long The plan yes. was I mean this season that we're talking
0: about 1991 was genuinely pivotal I mean uh, uh, I mean t- it ended this uh, in 1991 in Rotterdam with the sweeping away, the final sweeping away. Always look on the bright side of life, Ferguson yeah. on the pitch conducting the fans. It, it, and, and, and meanwhile, in the boardroom, Martin Edwards and, and Bobby Charlton and the rest knew that all doubts had been swept away. Yeah. United were going places. It wasn't, you couldn't perhaps say it's a great team yet, but you've just beaten Barcelona. Just like he beat Real Madrid when he was with Aberdeen. <coughs> you knew that that was all over. And yet, at the beginning of the season, only nine months earlier, um, there was a new face at Old Trafford. It was Ned Kelly. Now, you probably, you might not know who Ned Kelly was, do you? Yeah, I
1: know, Ned, yeah.
0: Ned, right, okay, Ned, a Manchester United fan, a, a, a former SAS man, a a man not to be messed with a very pleasant chap but uh, uh, a big a big lad and um, one of his duties when he came into Old Trafford um, was to just keep an eye on match days <clears throat> on the manager because there were still dissident fans you know uh, the, the, the the Tara Fergie mentality was no longer in the majority but there was still one or two yeah. who looked at the league position the previous season and thought well you know what we're we doing you know, bob off the table or mid, dangling around in mid-table. You know, this lad's had four or five years as manager. So, uh, yes, it was a totally pivotal season. I, I mean, because at the end of it, everyone at Old Trafford, if not perhaps one or two fans who, and one, literally one or two who might have needed to be convinced, uh,
1: knew that United were on the way back to where they used to be. Yeah, we'll talk about the descent then. Let's get into that. Um, Fergie, having spent big, uh, more or less stuck with what he had this season. He had just Dennis Irwin, who turned out to be a bargain at 650,000, um, but more or less it was continuity. Um, le- league season um, finished sixth, so that was improvement on the back end of uh, what happened the previous season. But and we'll talk about the cut. The, you mentioned. The makings of a good team But not quite a great team yet And we'll talk about the lineup When we get to the Cup Winners Cup Final mm-hmm. We'll talk about the state of the, the league She mentioned Ned Kelly and the increase in security And the, the security was needed in October When Arsenal um, travelled to Old Trafford For this incredible game of football <laughs> But let, let's talk about the setting for this Because Um Arsenal, like you rightly um, mentioned in a previous um, show, they were the team who were emerging as the top. Um, they, were
0: on the, they were on the perch.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh,
0: then it was they who needed to be knocked off their mm-hmm. perch. So, um, yeah, the, the, and in fact, in this 1991 season, domestically, um, Arsenal were out on their own. It was a magnificent team, a better uh, team all round than the 89 team in my opinion who'd won it in the 94th minute with Ferguson you know watching on television and celebrating as if United, as if Michael Thomas had scored a last minute goal for United because he knew that anything that hurt Liverpool
1: <coughs> was good for his long term ambitions
0: for Man United
1: hmm. yeah um... The, the game between United and Arsenal um, Arsenal got George Graham as manager they've obviously focused and we talked previously about the defence and how, how good he was doing at building that defence mm. um, but all, Arsenal's was um, oh, like yeah. Fort Knox in comparison well
0: they defended 11 man defending you mm. know that was that was what they were good at they, they also played wonderful football I, I remember watching a, a match at Leeds tough place to go of course and um uh, they were just majestic uh, Alan Smith very very important player you know they talk about Wright and they talk about Thierry Henry but what a centre forward Alan Smith was in his quite understated way <coughs> excuse me
1: yeah they they it was the physicality of that team, and also, like we've already said, the, the defensive qualities of them. Um, they're known as always having their arms up in the air, but uh, like <laughs> let, let's get it right. They were tremendously organised. Um, yeah, ten goals conceded at home all season, only eight away, and they didn't concede yeah. Old Trafford. Um, they won one won. defeat all season. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that didn't come Old Trafford either because Arsenal won 1-0 uh, terribly bad tempered game remarkably no, no one sent off <laughs> <coughs> amazing
0: amazing and it ended up it was a 21-man brawl and uh, we should really strike a medal for David Seaman <laughs> <who> <laughs> yeah. either arrived too late on the scene or decided that uh, discretion was the better part of valour um, but I mean we talk about Ned Kelly um uh, 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 as a minder, he, he should have been ref that day. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty tasty, and a, a, a really a, a part of a pattern of the rivalry between Manchester United and and Arsenal. And uh, <clears throat> it was it, it's strange to reflect on the friendship between Ferguson and and uh, George Graham because there's certainly no love lost uh, with the players as they as they went about their business. And after that, actually, there was an inquiry and the teams were uh, docked uh, you know an indication of as, as where the FA thought the uh, blame lay was that United were docked one point and Arsenal two and um, it didn't change the league positions of either club uh, as it turned mm-hmm. out so uh, but it was uh, it was um, a sign of how seriously it was taken.
1: Yeah, and and I internally mean... as well. By the way, let's let's give the clubs clubs credit. I think Ferguson mm-hmm. um, find Erwin McLaren in. Um, mm-hmm. Arsenal find I think it was Davis Rocastle, Thomas Limpar and Winterburn. They all got okay. and even George Graham was fined um, nine thousand pound. I've got a quote from Peter Hillwood, who was the Arsenal chairman. He said. Twice in two years is too often Um, The name of Arsenal has been sullied And that is why I've taken this action (laughs) It it gives you an indication of um, You know Today um, you would see Clubs throwing the blame on the other side It's good Mm. to see like Teams taking responsibility for it, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and let's be right as well, this this Arsenal-United thing, it had sort of stemmed from the previous season's game where I think there'd been a missed penalty or there'd been some kind of um, contretemps over um, a terrible um, incident with a penalty. But even then, it went further back than that. Um, There was incidents going all the way back to, I think, the 79 Cup final. There was a bit of bad blood. And then um, there was... Remy Moses was sent off in a game against Arsenal and was um, suspended from the mm. the 90, it was ninety three or ninety five. He was suspended from, so it went back a long way and yeah. sort of bubbling. And obviously because Arsenal were top of the tree, um, yeah. it sort of <laughs> exacerbated it. Um, I mean,
0: I mean it was such an improvement in
1: Wenger's day,
0: uh, which, was, which was to come because at least they went indoor indoors and, and it, instead of their fists out came the pizza <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> um, it, I mean it, it, got, it certainly didn't get any better with Wenger so uh, mr hillwood's um uh, attempts and, and bear in mind that he. His family went back uh, as, as as the figureheads of Arsenal all the way to um, all the way to Herbert Chapman's day yeah. when you know they really did care about the reputation of the club, um, and it's interesting to see that only what was it thirty years ago that still they still clung on to that. Uh, regard for Arsenal's reputation
1: mm. Arsenal miserly, stingy but great champions and yes. it should be said, f- five weeks after that, that um, difficult game United went to Highbury and scored six goals um, yeah. in their the, league cup the league. Lee
0: Sharp match
1: yeah, as it's um, known yeah, uh,
0: yeah definitely, it, 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 the image of that game is of, of Lee Sharp going to Highbury and really playing as if he was at Old Trafford he, he had no fear he just went in and, and grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, 6-2. He scored three, I think, and yep. uh, uh, it was it was a, an absolutely devastating performance and probably the one for which uh, he'll be uh, most remembered. But they didn't win. The, uh, a United fan <laughs> uh, stopped United from winning the uh, League Cup that year, didn't, they? didn't
1: yeah, they? And a former United manager as
0: well. Yeah. And a former United manager. We're talking, of course, of Ron Atkinson. Uh, running a very, very good Sheffield Wednesday side, a side who would uh, return to play a huge part in the in the development of Man United. But that's for the next episode, probably. No, or the what, ne- next, next but one, next but oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah the, the. Uh, but that Sheffield that <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday team played a great part in in old uh, in old Trafford's history and and Ferguson's the era history. But, but that again, I'm running ahead of myself. So. Yeah, um, Sheffield Wednesday under Ron Atkinson, a very good side, uh, with uh, an underrated midfield player called John Sheridan, a Mancunian Man United fan who scored the only goal of the game. So that trophy was uh, denied uh, to United.
1: Yeah, and Ferguson obviously wanting to follow um, Matt Busby and he kind of did it in this final in a way well, followed an Old Trafford tradition of having a goalkeeper in, injured um, Les like yeah. Seely picked up a, this horrible injury on his leg and um, really played a part in the narrative of the closing weeks of the season but um, yeah, on the day um, United were just flat um, it was crazy to see, I, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday were really good, Atkinson Obviously, with some Wembley pedigree, had got Wednesday fired up for that, and that was a good Wednesday team as well. They'd just been, or oh, they were getting promoted from the um, old second division, so they were again in the days when the the um, gaps between the decision uh, divisions was a lot tighter than mm-hmm. than what it is today. Um, but yeah, Wednesday deserved winners on the day, um, and Atkinson getting one over his um his former team and his successor as well. Um United were like you we mentioned they were, they finished sixth in the league so mm-hmm. some progress there but they it was cup football where they were looking to um really um make their mark. But before they before back we in, back in Europe. Yeah, before we get onto their <laughs> European adventure, um we're talking about the things that Busby had to deal with. One thing he never had to worry about was his right hand man leaving him. Uh, yes, Jimmy, Murphy, Jimmy was, Murphy was always there. He's yeah. always attached to him as an appendage um, for most yeah. of the time. Uh, yeah. But one of the major credits of Ferguson was both to know when the time was right for him to shake up his coaches. But also to roll with the changes when it was enforced, and it was enforced a few times on him it over his time. And um, this is
0: a, this is a point that can be made, you know, in the it's perhaps a, 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 an ancillary point. But when people talk about who was the greatest, Busby or or Ferguson and so on, <clears throat> one point is that Ferguson, as you rightly say, had to deal with the fact that because his number twos where, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Murphy, people tried like hell to, 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 to steal the, the Busby magic away from Old Trafford in the old days by, by trying to hire Murphy, but he always said no. Uh, but uh, Ferguson's number twos, who, who developed huge reputations by being alongside him, Steve McLaren was still to come, but Archie Knox... Uh, was, who'd been a successful uh, number two uh, to him and, and a great old friend uh, was lured away by Rangers um, who were in a sense the sort of man city of the, of the day because they had so much money that they were able to outbid Manchester United uh, or anybody else uh, for, uh, for a player or in, the, in this case a manager. Uh, they, the United simply couldn't cope with the offer that Rangers made
1: for Knox. Uh, it was crazy that because if you look back at, um, at, at Knox's recollection of it is that obviously they were at Aberdeen together and mm-hmm. Knox by all accounts would have been offered Ferguson's job um, well, that's what was Ferguson. He was. Yeah. He, was. He, he was offered it. All oh, right. Uh, okay. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was. He's quite right. Um, but Ferguson convinced him to to go down to Manchester, yeah. and it's funny that um, the, one of the funny things that I, I found out again in doing the research for this is that United offered Knox a new contract. With you know, blind contracts, not knowing what Rangers had offered, and Rangers, you know, obviously, had to be improved terms from what he was already on at um, at United, but even that wasn't enough to to convince Rangers uh, to to convince him not to go to Rangers. Um, And really, you mentioned um, the affluence of Scottish football or relative affluence because it should be remembered, um, and, and we are this is jumping ahead. Way maybe four or five years into the future, and perhaps it's an indication a little bit like the NASL in America where they speculated but didn't accumulate. There was a lot of money poured into Scottish football. You um, remember Brian Loudrup and Paul Gascoigne eventually ending up at Rangers? Um, so Trevor
0: Stephen was signed by Rangers when, when United were desperate for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, uh, you know, Terry Butcher.
1: Yeah unthinkably as well um, Ferguson losing his assistant um, yeah. I, I find it funny because he also did that in 1999 maybe he he ought to have lost his assistant more often in the middle of a yeah. season because yeah. he ended up with European glory at the end of it, obviously I'm talking about Brian Kidd Brian, um, yeah and, and, uh, and of course Steve, Steve McLaren later um,
0: you know, lost lost to England, but it was Brian Kidd actually who came in for Archie Knox, and uh, certainly um, <coughs> for the referees that was a welcome thing because David Ellery told me that uh, Kidd. In one time, he actually saw Kidd uh, dragging Ferguson away from the referees' room, saying, "You know, it's not, you're not going to change anything." <laughs> and uh, and uh, I said to Ellery. Um, you know, it was was Archie Knox a, a similar moderating effect on on Alex? And he said, no. He said Archie Knox was worse than Alex <laughs> in terms of uh, harassing the refs. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently Brian Kidd and, and, and another thing that <laughs> another thing that Ellery told me was uh, that one time before a game, he was casually chatting because Brian Kidd was very much the good cop, you know, in the in the relationship. And uh, Ellery was, you know, chatting before the game to to Kidd. And and he said, "Uh, by the way, Brian, where do you you tend to go for your holidays? Because they were talking about holidays. (laughs) And and Brian Kidd joked, uh, as far away as possible from Alex Ferguson. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I mean, Ferguson's sort of relentless drive... um, it, 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 although it was a privilege for those guys to work with him, I knew they must have learned all of his assistants must have learned a hell of a lot about life as well as football from working with Ferguson. Uh, it was a it was a, a high maintenance job, that's for sure. So probably they needed them to be they needed short term uh, short term tenures.
1: Yeah, um, kid. <coughs> Infamously, fell out with Ferguson when when he left, um, but and it was assumed for years that Knox and Ferguson had must have had some kind of falling out. But Knox um, insisted that that wasn't the case, and um, in, indeed he did. Um, he released his own book a couple of years ago, and um, Fergie did the forward for it. So obviously yeah. they, they re- did remain close, and um, I think Knox admitted it was literally just about the fact that Rangers made an offer he couldn't refuse. Um yeah. Knox was still there when um, your relationship with Ferguson <laughs> re- oh, re- yeah. rekindled, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, God, yeah.
0: This is... I mean, in the last episode, for anybody who didn't listen to the last episode, I told this story about how I w- was foolish enough and pompous enough to lose my temper with Alex Ferguson and um, and, and and give him a, <laughs> a dose of my own pathetic underpowered hairdryer, But... Uh, uh it, it, it there was a sequel because it, it, as we mentioned earlier united uh, english teams were back in europe united drew uh in their open for their opening match peci munkas of hungary from the beautiful university city of pech but um because presumably it was very close to you know the driving distance from from budapest we stayed in a nice uh, we stayed as the, the team in a, in a nice hotel in central budapest excuse me, and um, I, we were a few of the journalists were in the bar I suppose, Peter Fitton of the Sun, wonderful wonderful Manchester Beat uh, journalist, uh, Peter Johnson of the Mail, people like that would have been there, the the Manchester boys and um, somebody said, oh Fergie's going to come into the bar, and because I'd had this sort of row uh, with him uh, the previous season, I was a little bit. I was. I tried not to show it. You know. You know how when you're a little bit nervous about something, you, you affect nonchalance. You know, <laughs> you start giggling and smiling a lot. And <clears throat> so I was like this. Anyway, he came into the bar, and uh, you know, he says, "Are oh, you yes, fitting? What you having? What you having, Johnson? You know, what are you having, Paddy?" And that was it. It was as if the incident had never happened. And I thought, yeah, that'll do me. You know, you have a row and then you forget. And, um, yeah, so I got a beer out of him. I, I hope I bought him one back that I'm not, I can't remember.
1: Um, he, he might remember if he didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he probably got it in his book. But, uh, no, the uh, United made, uh, got through the Chi Mukash game. Uh, and then they were drawn against Wrexham.
1: Yeah, and you um, lived happily ever after with Ferguson yeah, after that. Yeah,
0: well, I was all right, but more important, so did you, Manchester United live happily ever after, because uh, that was a, a good good campaign. After Wrexham, uh, there was, who was the next one, I guess? Was it the Polish team? Uh,
1: Memp- uh, Montpellier um, came oh, after
0: ma- that. No, Montpellier was the final before the final, in a way, because... Uh, they were a very very good side at, mm, yeah. at, at that time and, th- and their their leader uh, probably on the field was was a, a long lean man called Laurent Blanc who uh, of course as everybody knows ended was to end up at old Trafford himself but he because he must have uh, impressed Ferguson on that day um, but uh, United had an even better leader I think one of the best I mean we talked about the spectacle of Lee sharp's display against uh, Arsenal away, but in uh, Montpellier, the I'll never forget Brian Robson's performance. It was mm. <clears throat> almost like you know people have talked a lot about how keen was Ferguson's coach on the field. Yeah. Well, I, 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 and that's that's very very true. At his peak, he certainly was. But uh, Robson, uh, Robson's, uh, you, you could almost see him pointing to the players. You stand there. You do this. You do that. You do that. Uh, it, it, it was a heroic display by Brian Robson, and it got United. I think, I think they'd drawn one all at home. Yeah. Uh, am I right? Yeah, and they won two 0 in, in a very tough arena down in the, the on the south coast of France, and uh, and it was a great match and a, a great United performance, and, and one that un, that that somehow underlined that they were a force uh, to be reckoned with at, at home and abroad now. Um, it was very significant. That was the quarter final, I think,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, Robson, and, uh, thir- thirty-four. Them Robson. So it's like not. his yeah. quite his last hurrah. There were a couple more, no. but that was his. I would say if you're looking for a swan song in terms of domi- yes. dominating performances, like he had against Barcelona.
0: Uh, well, um, that that'd yeah. be the other performance yeah. that you'd remember. That, but 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 I, I I I I just have the this sort of battle between the two great players, Blanc and. Uh, and uh, Robson two great leaders and uh, Robson emphatically coming out on top
1: yeah um it was Warsaw <coughs> Warsaw in the semi-final
0: yes uh, that was they made uh that was more routine victory actually wasn't it yeah yeah um legia Warsaw so um and that's united in the final off to Rotterdam
1: I I have the I in my notes because maybe it's too much time with Clayton Blackmore. Um, I've put littered with great Blackmore goals on the way to the final. <laughs> A rather generous description of two two goals. Um, two goals. The, the first was an absolute screamer um, against. Yep. Um, basically in the, it was the ninth minute of that game it was uh, if you get the chance to see this goal and I'm not just blowing smoke up Clayton's uh, backside yeah. it is a he tr- cuts across it yeah, um, he's on the left-hand side of the box. He cuts across it with his right foot, and he just flies the goal. It tells you how good a goal it was because the goalkeeper doesn't even move, and he's mm. some distance away. So, and he's beaten very cleanly with it's absolutely beautiful. No, it's, his,
0: shooting, his shooting, shooting was superb. Actually, um,
1: didn't need Played to be like against more... Montpellier though. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> it's from from about forty yards, but not um, the cleanest of strikes. Not and, um...
0: not, not as uh, memorable as as the one you mentioned, but the. Uh, it, it was the best season of Clayton Blackmore's career I would say because mm. uh, put it this way he was keeping uh, uh, he, 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 Dennis Irwin had to move to make way for him in a sense because yeah. he was at left back um, and Dennis was at right back and, and it's, although Dennis probably predominantly right well, definitely predominantly right footed he ended up a, a better, an even better left back than he was a right back this was his first season, as you as you said, six hundred and fifty thousand, and it would go down um, as one of uh, as one of the greatest uh, signings of Ferguson. definitely. If you were to draw up a list, uh, Dennis Irwin for six fifty, along with um, Peter Schmeichel, who who was to come later for for a similar sum, would go down as 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 well, one of the top ten would you
1: say Um, yeah isn't that Irwin Schmeichel and and then you've got Cantona I mean he got all of those for what under two and a half million all all three of them he's crazy.
0: you know all would go down uh, all would be uh, mentioned in in arguments about United's greatest team you know if -hmm. if you Dennis Irwin if you you don't full backs uh, you know you'd be having to throw him and Tony Dunn into the ring you know to battle out who was the best Left back, mm. ever played for United. Uh, so uh, along with Aston John Aston, John Aston senior, of course, and and, and others. But um, yeah, I mean uh, a great great signing, Irwin. But he was at right back, and and Blackmore uh, at left back, and and as I say, definitely the best season of of Blackmore's career. Um, and uh, you know he he, he was just. Uh, he was he was up there with with the with the bigger names uh, during in terms of his effect on the team that season, mm-hmm. taking advantage. It must be said of Lee Martin's injury problems. Yeah, um, interesting that, that that two of the um, you know two home products battling it out for, uh, for that position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Martin had a back problem so he wasn't able to really kick on from winning the the FA Cup with that great goal. Um let's before we talk about um Barcelona, who United came up against in the Cup Winners Cup final, let's just run through that eleven because we started with them at Blackmore and Erwin at fullback. back uh, Les Sealy came through his injury problems. A little yeah. bit of a, a sort of dressing ground uh dressing room training ground sort of conflict here because I think some of the players for a little while um, were a little bit uncertain Sealy was desperate to play and he did play but people were, some of the players were like oh I'm not really sure about this because you know, let, let's be frank, we said it in the last episode Le- Sealy probably wasn't as good a goalkeeper as Leighton but Leighton, yeah. what he had was the bags of confidence yeah. and the, the the issue was if it's alright saying Sealy's confident but if he's already sort of maybe he's not the greatest goalkeeper and if he's not on the top of his game against Barcelona, United are likely to be punished, and they couldn't do with that handicap. Um, so there was a, a big question mark over a, a sort of half fit Sealy taking to the pitch. Um, but they did have Bruce and Pallister ever. Growing, looking really confident yeah. together, a really yeah. good partnership that's developed into um mm-hmm. Brian Robson and Paul in some really strong physical. Terrific central midfield Yeah. yeah. Um Lee Sharp, electric on the left, um uh, McLaren Hughes. Um it's not a perfect match up front, but they've got a nice combination going. It's not it's not a sort of Sutton and, and Shearer kind of thing, but it's it's definitely a nice blend in there. Different qualities, um,
0: yeah, and they're both uh, both players uh, who work for the team. You know, they're, they're, they're good pros and and uh, and powerful. And, yeah. You know, they're not they're not mugs. They're going to work with the, the opposition's defence. Uh, and the one player you've 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 missed out is a right midfielder. Mm. You wouldn't call him a right winger, uh, Michael Phelan, who who uh, he'd replaced um, a couple of years earlier. Ferguson had replaced. Mal Donaghy. was the guy who would, you know, play uh, utility players, not, not a, well, it was true of Donaghy, but you, yeah. you, you probably, it might be a bit of a disparagement of, uh, of feeling, but he was on the right side, quiet, you know, subtle, uh, but decent, you know, good.
1: Yeah, he, um, he's not going to work the flank like a Ronaldo, but he'll, he's, he's kind of like a when Ferguson used to have Fletcher on the right hand side. That's the kind of industry you'd be looking it. for from feeling That's it. Um, that's if,
0: exactly it. But you know, he's never going to stick it outside the left back and be him for pace and you know. Uh, so yeah, that, exactly. But uh, I, I, certainly uh, a guy that never let the side down.
1: Mm. But let's talk about the um, Barcelona team then, because. It's only when you look back at it and you realise. Yeah. You say, oh, United played against Barcelona in the Cup Winners' Cup final and United yeah. won. And then you look at that United team and you think, oh, well, perhaps Barcelona weren't um, up to much. But you look at that team and it's like, oh, well, maybe they were. And you look at the manager and you think, oh, well, you know, it's the first coming, really, well, of um, the, the modern Barcelona.
0: This was the awakening of the Dream Team, yeah, um, uh, or it was just before. Actually, they were still slightly asleep because uh, they were beaten by United, but um, and rightly, you know, well beaten by United uh, in a match in Rotterdam. Much uh, all was remembered for the for the second United goal, uh, the second Hughes goal officially, yeah. um, in which he rounded the goalkeeper and with an incredible piece of technique as well as power um, uh, hit an unstoppable you know, shot in from the most unlikely of angles. Uh, that goalkeeper by the way, <clears throat> whose name was Busquets is uh, Busquets' his dad um, uh, Sergio Busquets, of course, the, yeah. the well-known um, uh, Barcelona player of the modern era um, his dad Carla, Carlos Busquets uh, played in goal that day because I don't know why Zubizarreta, who was you know one of the all-time great Barcelona goalkeepers and Spain goalkeepers, um, wasn't there that day, and I, I I don't know why. I should have checked that before we came on. Um, but Busquets was in goal, uh, but they still had uh, some tremendous players. Uh, uh, Michael Laudrup up front with uh, Julio Salinas, nice little combination there of. Of of skill and, and height, um, uh, Ronald Koeman was playing as a sort of front sweeper. Uh, it was a bit of a fashion for those in in, in that at that time, um, and uh, Pep Guardiola. Uh, wonder what happened to him? Um, <laughs> was uh, had yet to come into the the team, although he was obviously at the club, but he wasn't in the squad for that game. But another famous. Uh, or at least very significant Manchester City employee of the present time was left side midfield Siki stain, who is basically the the, the, the I, I suppose very much in charge of player recruitment player judgment at, uh, at Manchester City to this day was on the left side of midfield that day mm. um, so oh another one who you'll have heard of um, Chappie he was called at, uh, when he later played for Chelsea Albert <laughs> Ferrer was at left back, he was to settle down at right back later in a sort of uh, Irwin style uh, switch and um, yeah it was, uh, there was quality all over the place I think when we talked about this earlier Wayne you mentioned that Eusebio was in midfield for <laughs> uh, Barcelona which is absolutely true but not, not the same not the same, Eusebio as as uh, the late Nobby Styles' great adversary. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was a good team, and it was a team that, you know, to indicate the magnitude of of United's task, it was a team that, after Croyford further developed it, uh, got to, won the, the the European Cup, the Champions League, a year later, only a year later. So this was this was. No mean feat of United. And it was evidence to beat them 2-1. And it was evidence, um, as Martin Edwards late, uh, told, told me when, when I was studying it, um, it, was, it was evidence that swept away the last doubts that, Fergus, that the Ferguson's team building was to end. In a very,
1: very special team Yeah, a couple of great omens. Um, it was United's first European final since 1968, so that only the second ever um, for a team who had all that tradition in European competition. Um, and do you know
0: who sat at the front of the bus as they arrived at the Feyenoord Stadium? Go on. Ferguson made sure of it. Sir Matt Busby.
1: I love it. That's incredible. So isn't that
0: great? What an image. And the fans. He Ferguson told the story of how. The fans, you know, t- to try and gee up the Robson and all the rest of the team were banging as they do, you know, on the, on the coach, you know, come on and, and shaking their fists and all that before the game. And uh, Alex made sure that uh, Sir Matt was the first off the bus. And as he stepped off the bus, this wonderful, by now old man, the crowd just went silent in awe. <laughs> <laughs> Just gaped as he walked off the bus. He was still such an awe-inspiring figure to Matt. And, and what a wonderful way to start the the, the the game as a whole. You know, what a wonderful way to enter the stadium with this fearless demonstration of what they had to live up to. Wonderful. Typical Ferguson as well. Never frightened of tradition. Mm. Ferguson embraced tradition, and it was part of his greatness, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and um, you, you mentioned the words what a wonderful what a wonderful a couple of times and obviously um, Sir Matt's uh, singing of the oh. 90, on the end of the 1968 European Cup final night, um, it's a wonderful world a wonderful he may well have been world. thinking the same uh, yes, as I'm you sure know. he
0: was as you know he picked up another European trophy and a very significant one because it 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 it, it made the players feel that they were part of an elite, they're part of Europe's elite, and they they, they should be winning the English title to uh, underline that.
1: Yeah, and that was the ambition after after 1991. That was their ambition. Next, they um, they had nowhere else to hide, really. If well, what Ferguson did, yep. he, he had to go and win the league, um, and that was what the plan was for 1992. Um, and we talk about transitions within transitions, a theme that will continue right into the next episode but obviously uh, we talk about a team that's won the European Cup Winners' Cup um, uh, one of the greatest nights in United history fondly remembered um, because for all of those who were there in Rotterdam, in the rain singing, you know, always look on the bright side of life um, yeah. being attached to this great tradition of United it was the last great unexpected night really, I, I don't say that say, you know, everything that came forward what well, what we will talk about in this series was expected, it, oh, some of it quite clearly wasn't but before it became the runaway dynasty of success, not knowing where it would lead, not having the assurance of Ferguson to steer the ship, thinking that it could go wrong and knowing that you, you know there was this night's nice saver against one of Europe's greatest sides uh, one of Europe's greatest sides I should say um, but United yeah, um, they were a team in transition Possibly a goalkeeper and a right winger away from being a complete team. And we'll see if they get them in the next episode.
0: <laughs> away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade this podcast is proud
0: to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans